Welcome to the Rural Revitalization Network podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Rob Beckett. The Rural Revitalization Network is committed to encouraging pastors, churches, and communities throughout rural America to engage, equip, and empower through local resources to build God's church. Well, thank you. Come back to our next episode. We're uh, with Rhonda Matheson talking about uh, her book, uh, Desperate for His Presence, God's Design to Transform Your Life or Your City. We are uh, continuing our conversation from our previous podcast, and it has been so good to have her with us today. Thank you. And so uh, as we continue our conversation, uh, we had already talked about, uh, we've been talking about the glory of God's manifest presence uh, in our congregations, and the, and really, we've been talking about the lack of it in our churches and in our congregations. And so what we were trying to do in this episode, we want to try to encourage you uh, uh, to understand how this can be turned around, that you can actually, uh, through your desire, through your hunger, your thirst for God's presence, you can, uh, God can help you to turn your heart around uh, in such a way that, that you have this natural hunger and thirst for him. Uh, in, the, in the Bible, in the, I believe it's uh, Psalms 42, I believe, that this talks about the deer pants for the water. We also need to be panting for the presence of God, that we need to be uh, hungry and thirsty for his presence. Go in right into the conversation. And it says, uh, it says we as uh, churches, and it says we, and I'm just going to say as churches, as leaders, as, as pastors, we have settled for a token of God's presence when he wants us to experience the fullness, mm-hmm. the fullness of his presence through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've settled for so far less than he wants to give us. And not only is that disappointing for him because of his kingdom purpose for the church, it also leaves believers very disappointed, um, bored, disconnected. And that's what I think we feel in our churches. So this isn't something we solve at a church level. The, the church, you know, when I read the, the New Testament, the church is a family that meets together. So the individuals, we have to be revived first. Mm. And then the, the, the meetings then become affected by our own uh, pursuit of the Lord. Yeah, and, and and that's it. It's key because actually, you know, by definition, the church are its individuals coming right. together as a body. So if the individual is not transformed, revived, re, exactly. you know, uh, transformed back into the image, to the likeness, to the, mm-hmm. and all these things of God, then uh, the church is never going to uh, experience anything other than a shallow. Uh, gathering of people on a particular time at a particular place, and that's pretty much all it becomes. And so we have to desire that. And and and, and like you had mentioned earlier in other other episode, is that programs, events, and activities will not substitute His presence. the uh, The shallowness of our inner experience, um, the hollowness of our worship, and the uh, service uh, invitation of the world that that marks our um, marks our services, and it's all these lacking things that shows that we are in need of His presence mm-hmm. and not 
programs and and other activities in the church yeah they don't they just don't satisfy us they they it's become entertainment mm -hmm. and you know whether it's a small rural church or a big mega church yeah. the condition inside is exactly the same we are so focused on numbers and money and buildings and programs and the lord doesn't care at all he cares about the heart so the condition doesn't really it, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside the condition inside in this in the church in the united states is is basically the same so we have to find jesus again he's supposed to be what we gather around hmm. you know the the small church it actually is way easier to revitalize than a large and church absolutely I, I think it's a wonderful point you make it is it and so many people uh, they they have a perception of themselves because they are small in size or in number or in geographic or whatever it may be. They they automatically think they take it with negative connotations when actually there is so many positives of being a small really? congregation because, uh, like you said, it's easier to to help a church to turn around and and to get to where they need to be. Than it is a big church, um, yeah. you know. It's easier to to steer a little, uh, a little, little, little dinghy boat with an oar, you know, one or two strokes, and you've you've made a big turn. You take a big cruise ship or a battleship or something like that. It takes a long it's, time. Yeah, I would say it's actually impossible. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't have much hope, uh, any hope for that actually. Mm -hmm. But when I when I look at the Book of Acts. You, the church there is defined by Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 as a family. Hmm. It functions in the book of Acts chapter 2 as a family. So when you have a smaller congregation, you and of course they do, they feel like a family. So the world tells us, oh, it needs to be big and rich. That's the Laodicean church. Hmm. That was the mega church. Hmm. So I, I think we have an amazing opportunity to encourage this revival process of the hearts of these smaller congregations to become a family with Jesus at the center, because that's the point of it anyway. It's mm. not to yes. be big and be famous. It's to have Jesus in the center so we can represent him to the community around us. So it's, and uh, it is not the, the size of the church that dictates your effectiveness, it is your willingness to uh, allow God to use you is is the is what dictates the effectiveness that your church has in your community where you're at. Now, whether you're out in farmland and you only have maybe 100, 150 people around you in a circle, or you have uh, a, a small town, a small town that has maybe three, four or five thousand, uh, it doesn't matter. It is right there. How do you affect, how do you reflect um, God's presence in, to the people that don't know him around you? And the thing is, if you don't have that presence in your service, how are you going to reflect him anyway? What you're right. doing, you're trying to attract people um, just because you're a nice group of people. They, we're like family here. We're, you, know, you, can get, you can get that at a lot of other places. Uh, but it's only the presence of God that can transform uh, in ways that we can't even imagine. 
Right. And I, I would go, I would be way stronger about it in saying this, when you look at what God's doing in the nations, the villages, the, the communities he's transforming, it's all these smaller communities. Mm. Yeah. When you look at scripture, you know, the Lord always, always starts with small beginnings and he builds deeply. He took 12 men and he turned the world upside down. So the, he actually offended the crowds. He wasn't interested in mm. crowds. He wants something authentic from our heart that we gather around him as a family where he can express himself. And the smaller the community, the more impact the church can have. So it's actually way in our favor yeah. to have a smaller congregation in a smaller community than a big church in a big city. That's almost impossible to turn that around. So, um, and if you think about it this way, is so many times the small churches or the pastors or leaders who are maybe they say, well, so and so place over here, we ought to try that because they are really. Actually, the bigger churches recognize the smallness and the effectiveness of the smallness. For Take, for example, what what do big churches do? They go into small groups. I was going to say, that's the, exactly. They, they go into small groups. small groups. <clears throat> so they already know the uh, worthiness, the, yeah. the, the yeah. worth of being in small. So, folks, if you're in a small church, and most of you that listen to me are in a small church or in a rural setting— Embrace that. Take advantage of that. Uh, take advantage of the position that you have. You, because the thing is, the the littlest things uh, that you God you allow God to use you in your community will make a bigger impact than if a big church did the same thing. It's so so true. I mean, we need a wine skin mm. that is relational. That's why the home fellowships and cell church or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. is so effective. Um, I believe with all of my heart, the end, the, the end time revival that's coming is the wineskin is going to look very, very different than a typical church system and structure. The Lord is calling. That's what we see in Norway. Um, we are focusing on home fellowships, on relational connections with church becoming family um, and Norway's really small. There's only 5 million people, and I don't know how many believers. Um, I mean, there's about 9% of us are believers, so it's kind of a small remnant. But this is where we see the Lord moving. And we actually do more outside the big church mm. in these small groups because it's so easy to be together with his presence in a smaller setting. Yeah. And so, and what it is, it because we were designed by God, for God, in the image of God, for relationship, and right. the, and the, and and then God first. But then we are to be the conduit of relationship to others, so that the people that don't know Him, that we can have relationship with them to, and we can be the conduit, the the middle person. That and that's how we go out and into our communities, our neighbors, our uh, people we can't just come in contact with. And we are the ones that try to help them to understand that they need that connection to God. And right. um, and so it, it's so good because what happens uh, when we do, we do experience and we do um, uh, experience this presence of God that maybe we hadn't felt in a long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Say we're in a church and, 
and like a church that we had been talking about and sort of going through the motions and and no real uh, presence. And I'm not talking about entertainment, excitement. You can get excited at a ball game or a concert or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about experience of presence of God in such a real tangible way. Because one thing I have noticed uh, when I'm either if I'm in a service or maybe I'm driving and, and God just touches. But when the, the manifest presence of God, you experience that. One thing I have found out is you never want to leave his presence. Right. You never right. want to. You never yeah. want to say, you know, I've had enough. It's time to go home. That's right. Whenever the true manifest presence of God experiences and you've experienced it or your church your congregation, what your service is experiencing that. One thing you'll notice, people want to linger in that. You never want to leave from that. And that's right. one way to me is a true mark that God has really been, is or been in that place is because yeah. you never want to leave it. Matter yeah, of fact, right. for me, and it may be just me, but I, I believe this to be a fact, that when, when God's presence is in and on and around us, time tends to just sort of go away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, really? And so, um, and and that's what we need to, we want to, we need to be hungering and thirsting to be in that presence in such a way that it doesn't matter what time it is or how long we've been there, that all we want to do is just uh, uh, experience that, but then have others experience that you want to yeah, share with and I that think part of part of the answer for all of this is to simplify hmm. one of the things the american church tries to do in absence of his presence is to increase the entertainment yes yeah actually it's it's an actually it's it sounds counterintuitive but we actually to solve the problem we have to deconstruct all the things we've constructed mm -hmm. the simpler the service is the more relational it becomes with the Lord and each other. If you think of the federal government and all the bureaucracy of like a big church, you have got layers and layers of bureaucracy. When you're in a smaller church, you don't have to apologize for that. Simplicity hmm. is the heart of devotion. That's how the Lord designed us. We're not that clever. Right. You know? So if we are, can just relax and be relational with the Lord and each other. That's the commandment he gave us. And so I think let's stay with things, first things first. Let's mm. try not to be influenced by the world and its value system. Let's take what he's given us and just love him and love people. He really will respond to that. Amen. That's, uh, I totally uh, agree with that. And, and, and we are uh, experiencing that. Uh, we just had a, a revival here just a few weeks ago in our church, and I've, I've been here six years. We've had uh, six or seven revivals, and I'm going to tell you that this last one that we had, the presence of God was in the place so, so thick. And, and that's how I like that's how I like to describe it. Yeah. it, it that His presence yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and and I describe it as like a. I love, uh, you know, I was raised in the country, old-fashioned. I love the old heavy quilts. And yeah. to me, that's the way his presence is. It's yeah. like a heavy quilt that just snuggles you up, and you just feel comfortable. You feel yeah, safe. Yeah. You feel um, uh, secure. 
and um and and we just experienced god move through the oh, place so good. and it was it was so good and again it was one of those when when we experienced those in the service after the service people didn't want to leave no, and that not. is when you know that you have had a visitation Amen. by the presence of God. Amen. Um, Amen. So, uh, Rhonda, would, what would you recommend for um, a pastor, church leader, a church that is going through this staleness, this, this, mm-hmm. um, oh, just feel like they're going through the routines and, and they know in their hearts that there's more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, well, first, I would just encourage people to be honest with the Lord. Mm. He already knows. Yeah. So just sit with him in your devotional time. Just be honest where your heart is. He can revive our hearts and he wants to do that. Um, secondly, I would say make more room for him in the services. Just give him a little time. Wait on him. Listen to him more. You know, just um, just give him more of the leadership of the church. Um, I'd also recommend something that's very helpful for the congregation is to actually do a Bible study on the book, Desperate for His Presence. Take a chapter at a time. Talk about His presence. Talk about expectation. Talk about identity in Christ. You know, these, the book is a, it's a real basic theology of these, these things, but it's also prophetic. And so when you read through it, and you pray it, like in a small group, you can do a chapter, then ask the Lord and pray. He comes Mm. and he actually answers our cry and he starts reviving hearts. So I would, you know, this is a great opportunity in the summer to just do something like that. Just give the Lord the summer. I think it's 12 chapters, you know, just, wow, let's just, let's just take some time and think and talk about the presence of God. Where are we? What does he want from us? How are we? Who do we believe we are? Basic, basic things, um, but it really will revive the the spiritual hunger and life in the congregation. Um, desperate for his presence. Yeah, fusionministries.com is our website, or fusionministry.com is our website. Um, there's a lot of resources there, but I, the we first can, love. Yes, that first love. And so um, we just want to thank uh, Rhonda for uh, speaking with us today, being with us today. Uh, I want to encourage you to go to Rural Revitalization Network. Uh, that's uh, ruralrevitalization.net and go and you can get resources. Uh, you can go and, and hear this podcast and others. You can uh, read blogs. You can uh, get church assessments that will help you to uh, use as tools along with this book. To be able to, to assess yourself, assess the church, assess your community, and then you you'll be able to get a direction of where you need to go. Uh, you can uh, go on there, click on it, um, and on this uh, podcast, if you have a comment or something that you would like to to uh, say or share, you can go to to the uh, comments below and and leave a comment, and we'd love to hear from you, uh, Rhonda. We just appreciate you being with us today. Mm-hmm. And uh, rural, uh, rural and small churches, uh, pastors, leaders, know this, that you are not alone. That, Amen. That uh, we are in this together, but most of all, God is with you. He will walk with you. Uh, he will help you. But we are here to help you too. We want to walk with you and help guide you uh, through this process and help your church to be everything God has planned for you to be.